Okay. Okay, this is live from the table, the official podcast of New York's world famous comedy seller coming at you on Sirius XM 99 Raw Dog and on the Ridecast Podcast Network. Dan Natterman here with comedy seller owner Noam Dorman, producer of Live from the Table, Periel Ashen Brand, and our guest today, Judy Gold, stand up comic and host of the hit podcast, Kill Me Now. Wait! Yes. She's had stand-up specials on HBO, Comedy Central, and Logo. And her new book, Yes, I Can Say That, When They Come for the Comedians, We're All in Trouble, was released in July from Day Street Books. We also have Alan Havey, stand-up comic, accomplished actor. He's been in such shows as AMC's Mad Men, Billions on Showtime, Judd Apatow's Love on Netflix, Bosch on Amazon. From the West Coast, Alan Havey is with us tonight. Welcome, one and all. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Good to see you. Good to see you, Noy. Good, good evening. By the way, uh, Alan Havey had, I know it's its out of date, but had one of the best fucking shows on late night television. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you, True. Judy. It's very true. What, what was it? Night, night, night After Night? What was it? Uh, what yeah, was it was called Night After Night, night, after night, night. on was that Comedy it was, it was Channel such and a Comedy great Central. Show. And great show. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I mean, I, I've told you, Alan, Alan used to do the Best interviews. I mean, you really, you were really, really good at that. Better than some of the guys uh, or most of the guys who made their careers uh, doing it. Well, it takes about a year of solid interviewing, but I was just kind of getting up on my pony legs. And then no, we you were really pull good. Pull it out from underneath you. Well, that's it, what we I, should listen, do. Listen, I had over a little over three years, so I'm not complaining. It you was a great. Were, experience. I love that show. Was so good. I had well, I had great writers, a great staff, good producers. It was I was not alone. Okay, very humble. All right, so go, go no, on. Did you read my book? Introduce. Read my book? We have not. I have. I haven't read the whole book cover to cover. I've read parts about it. I, I essentially looked for my name in it. No, no, I have. I haven't. I haven't had. Uh, a chance. You're in it, and I thank you in it too. Yeah, I, that was very sweet. I, I appreciate it. I, I have not sat. I'm not gonna lie. I have not done. I have uh, not sat right. down. I, I really am curious as to you know. Does Judy know she has a microphone? <laughs> she like she uh, Kimberly Convention last night. Complimented you. And I, I, yeah, I know. I I have two copies You're of you. Oh, thank you. Thank I got you two copies. I ordered one copy from Amazon, and they sent me two. I don't know if we we I haven't read it, You're but the I, second person who told me that. And I you I checked out the foreword today in the first chapter. It's very funny, uh, very personal, and uh, very true. I'm glad you wrote this book. Thank you, Alan. People are getting attacked. Comedians are getting attacked. They're they're cherry picking our material and say, "Look at this person said." If you take it out of a context in a comedy club, it doesn't work. Alan, you're going to love the, all the history of censorship too in it. So, Good. So come on, Julie. Give the give our, give our readers give our listeners at home a, a synopsis. Okay, of the so book. the book is about uh, free speech from the perspective of a of a stand up comedian. Um, and it gives a lot of the history of comedy um, it, it, and censorship and how we got to the point where we're at now and the heroes, you know, that were arrested so that we can say whatever the fuck we want on stage. And now we have these like PC police, like, I'm triggered and you know, I, it, when you take intent, nuance, and context out of a comedy bit, you're done. You're done. And all we want to do is make you laugh. And if you go to a comedy club and get upset that you're offended, that you got offended, 
Okay, that's like going to an amusement park, getting on a roller coaster and being upset that you got sick or scared. So cut the fucking shit and stop holding comedians to a higher standard than elected officials whose speech really does incite violence and kill people. We're just trying to make you laugh. We're trying to see, used to see the world through our perspective. Yes, we make points. Writes a song you don't like, you're like, oh, I'm gonna just, uh, I don't like this album. I'm not, and, and fine, that's the end of it. Why is it when a comedian says something you don't like, they should be canceled forever? No. Well, who, regard, who's been with, canceled? With regard to songwriting, I would just say that uh, Billy Joel did get a lot of flack that for uh, Only the Good Die Young, which was apparently very helpful because he got a lot of publicity for this. You know what? I write about Billy Joel in the book because, you know, unlike a comic, he's, you know, we, we do our act. We can't live off the same act for 50 years. And he can. He can live off the same album for 50 years. Well, no, he's written many albums. Uh, he's, well, yes, I with guess. New Alan, Alan asked, um, who's been canceled? Who are you referring to? What comedian has been canceled from what he said? Um, or threatened? Well, there's comedians who have been canceled for, okay, Kevin Hart. I talk about Kevin Hart not being able to host the Emmys. Ridiculous. Oscars. Oscars, same thing. Yeah. What did he uh, say? Now, he had a terrible joke, terrible, stupid joke about, which I don't even think was funny, about um, if, his, if he came home and his son was playing with a dollhouse, he'd break the dollhouse over the kid's head. Okay. Well, this is, it's more of a statement. Right. Um, so they saw that as anti. Some, he had some anti, you know, gay shit. Right. Okay, fine. He's. I know him. He's not anti-gay. The jokes weren't even funny. Okay. Uh, Kathy Griffin cannot answer her phone. She cannot answer her own phone. Who this is uh, showing cutting off Trump's head, or what appeared to be. Right. So it wasn't and, even and a joke. Wonder, it was a visual. Right. So she's at a photo shoot. They're like, oh, this will be funny. Not funny, but how would that photo be um, reacted to today? How would people react to that today as opposed to three and a half years ago? Well, she lost her gig on CNN. She lost all her work. She lost her agent. She lost her manager. She lost everything, everything, everything. But she got back up. She has a huge gay audience that supports her. Okay, Alan, what what are you fucking just trying to give me shit? No, no, no I, I, she really, you know, you talk, call her. She went to Europe. She did a um, um, uh, what call it in Europe? She's banned from every late night show. Okay. Um, no. Okay, Judy, let's 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 talk about a tough one. Uh, Roseanne Barr making that joke about Valerie Jarrett looking like a character in Planet of the Apes. How do you feel about that one? I feel like every, everyone has a right to say whatever they want and tweet whatever they want, but if you work for a corporation, you kind of sell your soul. Right. Well, which, which uh, Kathy Griffin was a corporation, and she was on CNN. I'm not saying I agree with it, but you, you do have to uh, take responsibility for your words. Absolutely. 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 Okay. Well, what Absolutely. about Roseanne Barr going on at the Comedy Cellar? And people, if, if people accuse me of being, uh, you know, racially racist, no. Jason. Sorry. Look, you, you, this is her art. You know, 
this is what she does for a living. You can't say a person can't do their art. If he, if she was a painter or she was, she'd still be painting. If she was a writer, she'd still be writing. I mean, it, this whole Ari idea. Shafir, Ari Shafir with his Kobe Bryant joke. Right. I, I didn't hear Ari that. Ari Shafir uh, expressed joy when Kobe died because Kobe had been accused of rape. And so, so Ari said, well, essentially good. That he <laughs> liberal, well, liberals love basketball more basketball more than they hate rape or something like that. Uh, so uh, I think that's right. a. Yeah, but I think oh, I suspect Ori says things to be controversial. Right, uh, and, Gilbert. And it's not Gilbert. 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 Canceled, canceled from Affleck. You know, uh, he. I interviewed him for a long Again, time. Again, canceled from Affleck, a corporation. Right. So they have. That's they have what to the think same thing PR, is but, with. That's the same thing with Roseanne. But is that, well, uh, Roseanne put that on, on Twitter, right? Yeah. Right, but she is So a that was a racist statement, right. comparing a black person right. to a monkey. But what what right. should a corporation- That's not a joke. That was a joke. I, I, I don't think a it's joke. a joke. I don't think it was funny. Well, well but we're talking about standard comedians on stage. Yes, it's a racist statement. And, was that and I, I understand while she was taken off the air. What? I'm sorry. Saying that people look like people is sort of a staple in stand-up comedy oftentimes. It's like, oh, I look- like you know, so and so and so and so had a baby, or I look right, like so and so. Right, no, uh, so that is I mean, a racist trope. It, it is, but a racist trope can be a joke, but it's a racist joke. It's a mean-spirited joke, but a joke nonetheless. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. it's kind of gets hazy, you know, in terms of what's a joke and what's a statement. But to, to be fair, to be fair to Roseanne. Um, uh, listen, if, comparing um, black people to monkeys is a third rail that's been around for a long time. So she should have been, and, 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 for, and for good reason. But um, she claims that she never realized that Roseanne, that uh, Valerie Jarrett was actually black. And uh, I rolled my eyes at that at first, but she's really stood by that story. And it is possible. You know, it is possible she thought she was just like okay, a dark person. But that doesn't it. excuse the stupidity and the. No, it excuses. That excuses. That if she thought she would just. Like oh, she it said, does. Like, like a, look her up and say, the, it's called Google. Well, no, but it excuses, excuses the wrong, isn't what I would choose, but okay. it changes the intent of the joke, for right. sure. It, changes, it, means, it means that she didn't knowingly just step on a landmine, but she, she unknowingly. Did she come right back with that, saying I didn't know she was black, or is that a week or 10 days later? No, she came right back with it. Okay. And I, don't, and I don't know that she's being honest, but I just, to be fair, we don't know that she's lying either, so I want to say it for the record, you know, to be fair. Judy, what do you think a corporation should do when they're in a situation where they might lose money because you know, for example, Shane Gillis, when he said what he said and SNL dropped him. Um, oh, that's you know, a good example. Pardon? So what should, a, what, should a corporate, what should Netflix do when- I don't know, I'm not, I don't think in a corporate way, I have no executive function. You know, <laughs> I'm an artist. I don't know. I really, I don't know how corporations think. I, I have that is not even in my brain. I mean, generally they think, uh, is this going to affect our bottom line? They're, they're right, it's all about money. Money, well, okay. money, money. I'm not sure that's true, Dan. Okay. And I'll tell you why I'm not sure it's true. I don't think there's ever been an example where anything actually did affect a corporation's bottom line. They keep their head down for a couple of weeks and then it just blows over. There is a peer pressure aspect to this and although alan is correct you can you can say well it's corporate and money and whatever it is you can take that same logic and justify everything that lenny bruce went through say well he was breaking law and it was corporate and, and, and whatever it is so 
So at some point we have to say yes, but the social norm that we keep wrap, you know, uh, hugging is really, really bad for comedy and for art and for free conversation. And like the comedy seller, if I, when I went through that Louis thing, I could have, I could have not put Louis on and people would say, he's a private business. He has to worry about the bottom line and nobody can say boo to me. But the truth is we, we got through it fine. We, 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 we took a blow for, I mean, uh, we Maddie, shut ground, and we, and we, and we, uh, what's the expression? We, 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 we took a blow for free speech or we, we, was it? we, we cast a blow for free speech. What the fuck and and Louis was, is a big part of why the club is successful too. And also Louis in my he's, book as well. Did I mention he's definitely book? part of why the club is successful. The club was successful prior, prior to Louis show and after Louis show. And, and but that's not why I did that. That's not why I did that. Um, but what you can't say Louis shouldn't be able to perform. I mean, if you don't, if you own a club, and, and you don't like him, then you don't have to book him. But you can't say he should never be able to get on stage again. You know, I talk about Coco Chanel in the book. Coco Chanel was embedded with the Nazis, embedded. And yet I go to synagogue on Rosh Hashanah and they're all wearing Chanel suits, Chanel scarves, Chanel purses, Chanel shoes. Well, okay? The same way, thing with uh, Ugo Boss. They designed the uh, uniforms for the SS. Right. I honestly, they did a reasonably good job. Those uniforms were definitely sharp. I don't, <laughs> I don't condone the principles of the SS, but their their uh, their 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 uh, sartorial choices, I think, were reasonable. Um, and, and look, we're, and we're encouraging a um, a uh, a sense in people that they have a right to impose their will on other people in terms of what they should be able to see. So, for instance, with Louis. It's not that people who were coming to the Comedy Cellar didn't want to see Louis. People at home in Iowa were demanding that we not put Louis on. And you had comedians and, out there too, which I was surprised. Yeah, a lot of comedians, comedians were uh, troping Louis and giving Louis a hard time. Now, I don't agree with what he did. He apologized for it. I read everything I could, but I don't. I think you have to do something pretty heinous. Uh, not to do comedy. Bill Cosby. Yeah. And, uh, and getting back to Lenny Bruce for a second, Lenny Bruce was an individual. He wasn't representing any corporation. Right. He wasn't a permanent part of any club. He was a, a single entity on his own getting up and his material is what was illegal at the time. And that's why he was arrested. But it's also, you know, but they did arrest him on the the cursing but it was really the substance of his material it was really right. the segregation and the vietnam war and yeah but and then but all, then like tonight show and also the sexual on. the sexual stuff but then the, but after he did that the tonight show wouldn't want to put him on you know they, they, i mean i think we don't we all agree that that we would like to see free speech and people being able to say basically whatever they want yes yeah. yes I mean, I mean, I get that at the comedy cellar. Has anybody, uh, did your dad or you ever say you can't say that on stage? Not really. No. I, I mean, there have been times. Yes. The only thing I've ever, I've ever said is when somebody was personally attacking a member of the audience, uh, it wasn't a joke when they would, you know, when a, when a performer would lose control of themselves and just get a little too nasty with a member of the audience, like saying, oh, I hope you get cancer or, you know, something like hey, that. Do tell. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I would I would ask them not to do that anymore. Was that to hecklers or just they would, you know, pick it on an individual? Because there are people in the audience 
sometimes say pretty vile yeah, things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't be to someone who really had it coming. Right. It, uh, it would be to somebody, whatever. I mean, it doesn't, but, sometimes but, um, comics flip out because somebody's talking during their set, and I've seen comics get a little bit more, I think, aggressive than the situation would warrant, yeah. you know. But, e but even with a heckler who has it coming, um, the best comics know how to handle that without tanking the whole fucking show. Right. And, and some people think, well, this, this guy crossed the line with me. Now I have a get out of jail free card to say anything else I want, even something that nobody can recover from for the next 90 minutes. Right. Uh, and, I, and that's not okay. I mean, we, we all know that. Um, but having said that, no, I, I, I've heard comedians, and there are comedians who say stuff that actually I cringe a little bit that I think is a little over the line, but I, never, I don't say boo. I just let it go. There's also some deep hypocrisy here, right? Because part of what is celebrated about stand-up is that, and Noam, we've talked about this before on the show too, is the art form calls to get as close to that line as possible. And if you can't play with that line, you don't know where it is. And also like, you know, Dave Chappelle went crazy in his last special and nobody, you know, there was no effect for that. So I think corporations pick and choose um, what they want to be scandalized by. And then they just move on and it's fucking bullshit. Well, well, uh, uh, the, you know, the well, I think the line is something that should be crossed. There is a line I, drawn. It's not just going just up to the line. I was going to say that, Mr. Haley. Step, stepping over the line. I, well, right. How did Chappelle go crazy? I, I, Chappelle didn't say anything that one would normally get reprimanded. Yes, for. yes, he did. He said <laughs> that... Uh, he said Michael Jackson's victims were, were lucky to be to, to been molested by Michael Jackson and that kind of thing. Well, that I mean, in that context of the show, that was fucking funny. Oh, I'm not criticizing. Yeah, I'm, yeah, saying, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, their parents, their parenting yeah, we skills know what went he out meant. the door. We know what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yet people can't do not understand the humor in that in well, that joke they should watch netflix or play with their coloring books and that's it right and be like triggered. i love christopher hitchens triggered. when christopher hitchens when anyone said he I'm was offended, a big fan of the women i uh christopher hitchens would say uh i i don't get your point what's your point i'm offended what's your point <laughs> you know yeah. and i know he wasn't he, he just said that women weren't funny or in and that's bullshit but uh you know being offended i'm offended comedically I'm only offended at a comedian when he does a lame joke or I know he stole a joke or a derivative joke. That is, that is the only thing that really offends me. That is in this book. That is a chapter in the book about how fucking lazy, shitty comics ruin it for all of us. Well, they don't ruin it. They just ruin it for the audience. Okay, can I be hyperbole here? Hyperbolic? Hyperbolic, yeah. Hyperbolic, yes. Shut up, Maddie! Okay, Kids at home uh, working well on your vocabulary, the word is hyperbolic. I was saying hyperbolic, and then I had to say shut the fuck up to the, and then the, I had a brain fart, sorry. Okay, go ahead. So hyperbolicus. No, I'm just saying, I, I whatever, I can't, because the dog won't shut the fuck up. Yeah, I know, this is the pandemic. This is what happens. A dog barks and I'm not, and you lose your train of thought. I know. You know, someone cuts in front of you in traffic and you go bonkers. Right. We're all kind of very sensitive right now. Very similar to when comedians are on stage doing their act and somebody starts fucking talking. Yes. So, but I'm okay. Go ahead, Judy, be hyperbolic. 
I, I don't know. What were we talking about? We were talking Hitchin. about how shitty comedians ruin. Oh, ruin yes. I'm sorry. Lazy but, you comedians, know, a, a bad lazy joke. Comic, uh, someone who, uh, you know, spews racial epithets or lazily writes a joke and then blames the audience. You know, I'm sorry. It's really upsetting to me. Um, well, a lot of young comics now uh, kind of make statements. There's not even a right. A bag, There's a not a joke. joke. Exactly. I, I the last open mic I went to, and I just listened. I didn't go on. And uh, I was talking to young comedians, and I said, "Well, you've got to get to a point where it's funny. You know, th this is not just a conversation you overheard at a Chinese restaurant." Right. So that's the only thing that really offends me from stand-up comedians. And I think your book does it concentrate mostly on comedians on stage. And not necessarily like Roseanne and Kathy Griffin, who did something across the media. Were, went oh, out yes, it, it does. Yes, comedians on okay. stage. Yes, it, right. that is the. Um, also, as far as the line is concerned, oftentimes we don't know where the line is until we've crossed it and we go, okay, it's not funny anymore. Okay. But, you know, we need the audience for that. We need the audience for stuff. And yet they're going to be getting fucking pissed off at us. No. And oh no, no, they, Chappelle, home, Chappelle knew where the line is and he put his big foot over right, it. Fantastic. Right. Really, there shouldn't be any line. I mean, it, I mean, it, nobody needs to get canceled. The, the, the audience is not going to accept something that's ugly. They're not. However it is that they, they have their antenna and it's not just on the words. Is the whatever that vibe is, however they can tell them between Chappelle and a comedian who really does hate or whatever it is, the audience will get it right. And if the audience is enjoying it, then it should be allowed to continue. Right. I don't see a comedy seller audience, a comedian killing with hateful, ugly no. humor. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Right, because it doesn't I don't happen see there. It in comedy and... I could I could imagine it happening in certain contexts. Yes. And certain oh. places, not at oh, the let them. Not oh, at the cellar. Let, let them. Who cares? Do I really? Am I gonna be? Can I? Can I relax uh, knowing that there's some anti-Semitic pocket in America where they're laughing at uh, the, the same Jewish jokes that I tell with my Jewish friends privately? I mean, who? I just don't care. Maybe I should care. I just don't care. Yes, but what about the black jokes? Uh, you know that that is harsher. I I I agree. I, you know, a black person would have to answer that. I, I tend to think, um, I don't know, if there's, if there's some community where people are telling really ugly black jokes at a comedy club, I don't know, what do we think about that? I mean, I, I would, I, I don't think, well, put it this way, you're not gonna change those attitudes by stopping the comedy club. That's yeah, but okay, but I what happens then when, if, when, when, when SNL gets wind of it, or uh, Netflix gets wind of it and says, well, we're not doing business with this individual anymore or when, when the networks get wind of it. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. The, the, the problem is there's always a hypothetical which breaks a reasonable conversation. You can always compare something to Hitler or this and that. And yeah, there, there's some things which are so obviously wretched now that, that you would agree. On the other hand, those things tend to only exist this in a hypothetical world. It's not like you really have an example. No, there's of, very few examples of a comedian saying something wretched. And when he does, the audience will respond with, whoa. 
And or, the, or, or silence. Yeah. There are examples of comedians worse. saying things that might be wretched if they were serious, but but they weren't necessarily serious. Right. And uh, when you get an audience on a roll and you're cooking, you can you can really manipulate it and say uh, a lot of things you wouldn't say maybe in a regular set. But once they they buy you, they know what you're about, and they know you're a comedian because there's a sign behind you that says comedy club. And sometimes it's difficult to distinguish between the comedian talking and the character, a character that the comedian has created. So I mean, I think the best example would be Dice. Clay, back in the late 80s, early 90s, played, his character was the character of a misogynist from Brooklyn. He's in yeah. and, and this is in Judy's book, I gather, because she's pointing at it. And so- I the whole thing, I talk about him a lot. Yeah, and now so he has he, every he, fucking he, right to do it. So he would talk about misogynist stuff and, was it him? Was it Andrew Dice Clay? No, it wasn't was it Andrew Silverstein. It wasn't Andrew Silverstein, it was Andrew Dice Clay. So you have to make that distinction. Right, so there's a chapter in the book called There's a Reason It's Called an Act. Yeah. I mean, comedy is a little bit of an interesting hybrid because sometimes it is us talking and sometimes it's a character that we've created talking and sometimes it's kind of both mixed together. You know, obviously David Tell never really uh, buried his girlfriend in Jersey, which is one of Actually, <laughs> as far as we know, but, I drove him. But, he so, borrowed my shovel. So let's say there's some comedian working at the Comedy Cellar, and we, and we look at that video of Charlottesville from two years ago or three years ago. Right. And he's, and he's carrying a fucking tiki torch saying the Jews will not replace me, replace us, whatever it is. He's an authentic Nazi sympathizer. And then he wants to go on, go on the stage and tell, you know, knock-knock jokes. He what, even... what, what's the punchline? See, yeah. that's the thing. What's, what's the point? Yes. If he's got a good joke. I have, yeah, I agree. If you can talk about anything, make it funny. If, especially the most subversive stuff. It has to be funny. Funny, funny. And not just funny to you. Right. Judy. Of course, funny is a trial and error process. So it might not be funny. But, it, you know, not everything right. can be funny. The well, when Dice Clay has a Madison Square Garden, this is back in the mid-80s. Okay, when he was up there, hickory dickory duck, the, the chick is sucking my, you know, all those yeah. things. And the audience is roaring. And I'm looking at go, well, I don't find it funny, but they do. You right. know, I don't think it's great comedy, but they do. So, you know, it's, well, a very, dem it's very right. democratic. But also yeah. there's, but you knew where the joke was. Like there's so many times now like there's so there's people I'm like all right I don't think that's funny but I know where the joke is I I get okay that's right. what the joke is but there's so many people now I don't know where the joke like and I always know where the joke is well that's another book though okay I'm just letting you know you're, you're ready for where's the joke where's the fucking joke <laughs> like you can't just lazily do shit and then I don't know. I think having someone who you know is an actual real life Nazi, you know, perform is a different thing than having someone quote unquote canceled because you don't like the kind of jokes they're telling. Right. Okay, but, but, but let's examine that. I mean, like- You hypothetically, has a Nazi ever performed at your club? They're not funny. Uh, no, I'm, no. Not, it, not, it, it, yeah. They're only well-dressed. my knowledge. I mean, not I know there are comedians who are racist and misogynistic but, to, to the core, but they go on stage and they tell jokes about their wife and they're very funny. Right. SC, weeds, SC does a good job of weeding out the Nazis. But, 
but hi, hi, she could smell a Nazi. But anyway, but but hypothetically, um, there's a, there's it's just an interesting question. First of all, I I would just say this guy is horrible, and I I could actually see myself. I don't give a shit if he if he if he has some stupid Nazi points of view. I I would just you know so much of it is is about looking right to your friends like if i thought it would actually prevent nazism in america if i thought like maybe i would do my part but um, um america we give ourselves i mean we have a first amendment there's total free expression the nazis are totally free to say right. what they want some guy who's a nazi by day and tells jokes by night do i need to punish him for that do i need to make sure he doesn't work I know most Jews would tell me, yes, you have to do that. And maybe it's a defective reflex in me, but I'm like, I could just compartmentalize it because I'll tell you something. I've taught it before. Now people are going to get mad. But like when I had musicians coming in wearing Farrakhan t-shirts, right at the time that Farrakhan was, was, was praising Hitler, if I had kicked one of them out, people would have called me a racist. They would tell me right. I was nuts. You know, so it's really, you know, if you really start examining it, you can make a hypocrite out of anybody. So I'm like, what the fuck? I just... I, I, it's like in, in the criminal law, they say better to have a, a hundred guilty men go free than one innocent man be convicted. And I kind of feel that way about all these free speech things. It's like I, better to have some horrible person get away with working than to start sniffing around to try to find out who shouldn't be working. Because right. believe me, the second you're, you, you are, you are uh, given the task of, of making sure, the responsibility of making sure certain people shouldn't be working, you're gonna find certain people who shouldn't be working. Right. And half of the time you're gonna be unfair. It's so like when you give a network notes. Work. I don't give a shit what you do. No, you hand someone at a network notes uh, on your sitcom and they're 28 years old, it's their job to find out problems in that script, even though they have no idea right. what they're doing. Right, and they have will you ever Faced a situation where you found somebody so disagreeable personally that it affected your decision to let them on stage. No, I'm, I'm gifted. I mean, I, I, I'm gifted with my father's gene on that. Uh, I, I, I can easily, it doesn't matter what, what, I mean, the guy who banged my wife, he was suspended for two weeks. <laughs> well, well, uh, wait, wait, who, who banged your wife? I can't, I, I can't talk about it. He's, he's, he's an A-lister, but uh, wait, <laughs> but, but this is before she was your wife, right? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh I'm kidding. my god, I'm kidding. I'm just saying that I I I I could compartment. Who got to Juanita before I did? That's what I was. Hold on, I will tell you this is actually true. I already I was with Juanita. That my father did have a musician who banged his wife. In a long story, and he did look past it. It's it, it, yeah, but your dad. How many women were you, was your dad banging at the time? Well, that was that was not the. My father didn't do it because he didn't want to be a hypocrite. He, that was that wasn't the reason behind it. But uh, he, I'm just saying, like, you know, you could just let things go. It is possible. You know, it's just it, in a certain way, you can create the feeling yourself. Like, look at me. I'm actually superior because he thinks he's blah blah blah. And I'm actually letting him go on stage, and I'm and I'm making the money, right? I, I'm I'm running the successful business, so fuck him. Let him do. Let him say what he wants. Let him be a Nazi. I don't care. Now here's a hypothetical: Is yeah. has there been a comedian at the club over the years, even when your dad was there, um, who brought a poisonous attitude to the table and to the yeah. other comedians, and was just a drag? Not so much on stage, 
but they were just a drag to be around and, and people didn't like them. Have, have you ever said, you know, let's not have that guy back here anymore? No, I, I've never okay. done that, but I did. I'll talk about it because it got it, it, cause it got out recently. I did suspend somebody for two weeks for some tweets after like the third warning that, that were making the atmosphere within the cellar um, just too difficult. It, 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 they, they were kind of stink bombs into the family atmosphere of the comedy cellar. And I was like, right. Listen, if, you, if you want to tweet that way about another comic who works here, I just, you know, the, the house divided can't stand. So you just, you're not gonna be able to work here while you do that. You're free to do that. Right, but, but, yeah. but that's, that's just like the corporations. Yeah, but that was, that wasn't any kind of permanent uh, um, suspension. And, and truthfully, I, did, I never wanted it to come to that. But at some point I realized it was going to bring the house down. It just, we couldn't have that going on. And I figured it would go away and it did. I don't think uh, that's like the pandemic, everything went away. What's that? I uh, want to know exactly who that was. And <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, I'll, 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 uh, I'll chat it. I mean, everybody knows. I'm, I'm getting chats. I see three chats. Right oh, now. I didn't even see Um, that. I don't think that that's like the corporations because I feel like to your Noam said to them, you know, please don't do this while you're working here. The corporations are just like he firing. suspended them. Well, it, it, it because oh, it right, right, right. Noam's bottom line: it was a question of harmony in the community. You, Noam didn't want fights breaking out upstairs. You know, well, that's what I meant by my question. Yeah, anybody that you know kind of poisons uh, the goodwill there and right. the familiar uh, feel of the place. That's yeah. that's very different than like Gilbert making a joke that Affleck you know, freaks out of it. No, I know that. I'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that the fact that Noam had to say, look, cut the shit out or, you know. Yeah. And I, have, I, have a, I have a responsibility there. That, and that, but that has nothing to do with my personal feelings or offense or anything like that. It's just like the same thing if, if the audience hates them or, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I have to run a smooth ship there. And um, How do you, was, how do you respond to comments when uh, through your website and people say, hey, we saw this comedian we were offended by what he said. Uh, what is your response to that? I've written some emails. I, I defend the comedian almost always, uh, except in the times when I thought the comedian attacked somebody, in which case I've apologized. You know, I said, right. And they said, we demand that you don't work. I said, listen, I'm not gonna tell him to stop working, but I'm sorry he said that I, if I were you, if I, were, I mean, I, I'm always honest about it. If I were you, I'd be upset too. Like when somebody made some really hot, horrible comment about somebody's girlfriend being ugly or something, something, something like that. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking yeah. about in the, their act. They do their act. There's no heckling. There's no, no. personal attack. I, I always say the comedian side. Always. That happened not that long ago. It was um, with Sam Morrill and that alligator joke, right? Yeah. What's the alligator funny. joke? Well, there was a little boy that was, was killed by an alligator in Florida, and Sam made a joke, I guess, arguably making light of that situation. And and uh, this was, I guess, whenever that happened, a couple of years ago. And so they complained to the comedy seller. And, and you said what, Noam? Or? I don't remember. I could, I, could look, I could look up the email and, and play on the next show. But I, I defended Sam. You know, it was a pathetic to her as well. Well, I I yeah, mean, I, I mean, I probably was. I, I'll tell you this. I can't tell you how many times I've answered a very nasty email. Very honestly, without getting nasty myself. And then got back another email where the person 
apologized or backed down or thanked wow. me. Yeah, it's very, very common, even with the Louis stuff. Almost half the people, I would say, who sent me you know, horrible emails, when I answered them and I made my case, would say, you know, I hadn't thought of that. You're right, or I, I never, so thought, what, you, what, I never like, thought you'd answer me, but I really, I respect you for that. Yeah. What, what do you say to the people who are like, I was there, I didn't, I bought tickets and then Louis walked in and he ruined it for me. Uh, sorry, that's, uh, that, that was Louis, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, uh, I give them their money back. That's what we do, we give them their money back. Right, and, but then what if they write you? Like, what would you write back to them? If you got one of those letters? Um, some form of that, of that argument that I was making at the time about right. um, that I, I, I don't understand you know, what kind of standard there is. And we, we tell people they don't have to stay and we give them their money back. But what a willing performer and a willing audience want to do is not other people's business. Right. And um, it, it's, it's very, it, it really matches the tone and the specifics of the email that I get. Right. And quite often also I would send them like the New York Times podcast that I did where I, where I kind of, did a good job of, of, of stating my case and people will listen to it and then they would write me back. But anyway, my, just the real point is that people write sometimes when they're in the heat of their anger. Right, of course. We all have. And even on their own the next day, they're like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have right. gone that far, you know, or you, you can't judge. They have to get to a certain point. The kettle has to be whistling for, the, for them to even to write. And naturally, that's, that's their extreme, you know? That's not right. even where they, the average are. So you, you, it, it gives you a false sense of what a person right. might actually be like. Gotcha. Anyway. Yeah. Can I- I'm looking, uh, looking for the Sam, the Sam Morrill thing. Okay, yeah. while you're looking for Sam Morrill, we've been talking a lot about this um, James Altucher piece when Jerry Seinfeld's reply. Yes. And James Altucher's counter reply and then Danny Zolden another owner of the club uh in the New York Post today said that Seinfeld's not nice and uh you know he he was being mean wow Seinfeld's not nice wait what wow you not aware of this whole exchange yes no I read I, I didn't I, I see, loved, I didn't I see the I saw the article. um I saw Seinfeld's wait so what happened today well, James wrote another article saying Seinfeld's not paying it, you know, that he's Seinfeld shooting the messenger, essentially, that James uh, said, well, I'm sorry to deliver bad news, but it's, that's how I, I interpret the situation, that New York is in big, big trouble. Well, no, he, he yeah, but he, he said, oh, it's over. It's not coming back. And I don't it's even not think he be believed the same. It, by the way. I think he Yeah, was and I've moved to Miami and all my friends are moving away. It was just a hysterical little uh, article. And Jerry, I thought with great wit, and articulation, uh, who, he's, who he's been in my mind, or what I've seen for the last 40 years, uh, you know, responded to the article. And I thought his, uh, his opinion was spot on. Yes, although I didn't, I didn't think Jerry needed to be quite as um, personal in his attacks. But I know a lot of people don't like James personally, uh, and so they don't divorce but also opinion from-, from Right, from he wrote the most negative, article and also here we are claiming we're a comedian right um 
he's one of these guys who's made a shitload of money. And then, oh, I like comedy. I think I'll do comedy. So he's a shadow artist as far as comedy Doesn't goes? Bother me. I'm, I'm sort of flattered that somebody that's so capable in another industry thinks so much of our industry that they want to be a part of it. But I understand that. But I think what I'm saying, but Seinfeld is coming from a whole different mindset. It's like, this guy is saying, I'm a comedian, I'm this, I'm that, and... He wasn't saying that, though. That's not what James was saying. James, whatever James was saying, he was saying it wasn't even as a comic. I mean, and Seinfeld was like, you're a putz, and this is, you know, whatever, and you could spruce up your club, which wasn't very nice, frankly, and then they wrote back and they said, well, you know, that's nice. You know, we're actually the biggest producer of stand-up shows in New York City right now. We're putting on five shows a night. And um, we in Central want- Park? Yeah. yeah. And, we, and we, you and know- And other park. And- Every park, yeah. And- I'm reading it now. And we walked past your vintage Porsche collection um, while you're sitting in your like mansion in the Hamptons. So you it has to- nothing to do with the article. Seinfeld talked about coming to New York in 76. He's a New Yorker and we all know he's made a lot of money and he doesn't uh, respond to everybody that puts down New York. But the article that uh, James wrote, I thought was a little hysterical and uh, doomsday and everyone I know is moving out and the city is not coming back. And, and it was, it, it was, uh, pretty severe opinion about what he thought was happening. And Jerry was responding as a New Yorker and a comedian. Well, so I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with Seinfeld. I mean, look, I'm a lifelong New Yorker too. And I found the article to be very upsetting also. I, I was upset by it as well. But, article or Seinfeld's article? No, the, what, 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 Altucher, what, how do you say Altucher, Has he ever, has he ever performed at the Comedy Cellar? No, I know he's been there a while. No, no, he hasn't. He performs at the club that he's a part owner in, but. Is he any good? He's not bad, but he's new, you know. Yeah. And by the way, people in all industries are fascinated by stand-up comedy. It's great that he wanted to buy a club and he, he keeps that club going. No, I understand but that. Everybody, but everybody, you know, look I at also, us. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jerry. No. I was talking, but you just cut me off. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, you know, I'm just saying that people in just about every industry in the world look at comedians with a little bit of awe. Like, how do you do that? You know, and so right. that's pretty normal. I understand that. But then you don't. Do, would he get stage time if he didn't own a club? Like we we came from nothing and started not. right, but it's, so it's like you're talking like, oh yeah, I'm a comedian, I'm a comedian, and it's like, you know, I go back to being 19 and hanging out at the back of Catch a Rising Star, you know, and going on at three o'clock in the morning. Like, sorry, 
Okay, but my, okay, we're getting off. The only thing that I wanted to say was that I had a whole thing with Noam today because he said, they said that Seinfeld wasn't nice. And I said that, you know, I don't like this idea that because Seinfeld, Seinfeld, he can be a jerk and not be nice. And Noam said, well, that's ridiculous. Seinfeld can be however he wants and anybody can be however he wants. And what I wanted well, I, to- I said more than that, but I'll let okay. you finish and I'm gonna correct you, go ahead. Okay, well, you- why, why break a pattern? Why don't you correct me now? Okay, because, listen, <laughs> first of all, that, she was reading me some Instagram thing from uh, the guy who owns Stand of New York with Al Tutcher. Danny. Yeah, and, and he said this thing how he bought Seinfeld two gift baskets from Zabar's and, and Seinfeld never even thanked him. And <laughs> like, I mean, just the most, and then he came in and he wasn't nice. And I'm like, Listen, Sein, when Sein, Seinfeld doesn't take a stage for less than a couple hundred grand, right? And he walks in there and he plays your club. And all you should be saying, in my opinion, is thank you, Mr. Seinfeld. Thank you so much. Don't fucking expect something from him. Don't tell him he's got to, this guy who's one of the most famous people in the world, who's got to have people coming up to him every five seconds and god forbid the people see him being really really friendly to people in the restaurant and everybody's going to be coming up to him and some people are cut out that way some people are you know like Raymond or just like they can handle that kind of con but he can't and by the way who can't seinfeld and alan you, you knew him before he was famous uh, listen i've i've seen knew him before during and now and i've seen him in the cellar and he handles everything with a palm same way with chris rock and Chappelle. There's no entourage. There's no bodyguard. But he's not like he's not like looking for people. He doesn't he doesn't enjoy everybody coming up to him and talking to him. Who does? Right. Well, I'm so not famous, and I don't like it. So, so right. So, well, no. So I'm not. Get me wrong. I was defending him. I'm saying that's who he is. So that's this fucking this fucking guy sends him a couple of Zabar's baskets, and the guy Seinfeld comes into his club, and he has the nerve to complain about anything that Seinfeld does. I'm like. This is, there's a Jewish joke about this sort of thing, and it's not, and it's not kind of. Oh my of God! Jews. You know he didn't even write a thank you note. <laughs> it's like I, I was, I, I, I was cringing just as like, just shut up! What you're really complaining about Seinfeld not being nice enough when he came in to play your fucking club? Can and you again, we're cherry picking the article. Putz fits perfectly in there. It just kind right. of Jerry go. Will you stop it, you putz? And by the way, you could uh, straighten up your club a little bit. It was kind of a funny aside. Right. I agree with Noam. Hey, Jerry, thank you for the comments. We're fixing up the club, and when you come back to New York, we hope we see you here. That's so all you say. Only, yes, maybe so. But the only thing that I wanted to say about that is that I think that no matter who you are, it's okay to be a little bit nice, even if it's annoying. And my real point after Shut up, I, Perry L. No, I'm serious. So, I know I have oh, been working. It wasn't very nice, Noam. I He's not see, obligated to talk to people when he comes to the I've seen Jerry Seinfeld many different times be very nice to people. Yes. And if every now and then you can't be nice all the time. And I thought it was a lovely article and it was very, I, I thought it was all benign. I, well, I, I took it as, and you know, when you read something, you don't necessarily know the tone of it. I thought it was a bit harsh. I thought it was a bit uh, harsh toward James, especially you said, you know, stay in Florida. We don't need you. And would a fitting punishment 
for you to be stuck in Florida in a, in a soulless place like Florida. I'm paraphrasing. I did think it was a bit harsh, and he could have made the exact same points without calling James a putz. But um, I also agree with Noam that when he comes into the club, he's not obligated to be friendly to everybody. Some people are. Uh, uh, Robin Williams was friendly to everybody, so much so that I thought there was something kind of, it, it was bizarre almost. The extent that he was friendly with everybody. Like, I, I think I think I think people ought to take their energy that they that they expend judging other people and work on themselves. I mean, if if Seinfeld actually was aggressively not nice to somebody, that would be different. But he's there minding his own business, eating his chicken skewers, and somebody comes up to him, interrupts him eating, and he's a little uh, you know not it doesn't ingratiate, doesn't make the person feel comfortable about it, or is a little cold. And I say, aha, now we got Seinfeld. How about the fucking guy? How about the fucking guy who doesn't have the self-awareness to say, why would I walk up to this man eating his fucking chicken skewer? Bro, let me tell you something, Carol. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why people but, do that. Well, let me finish. Well, hold the thought. Okay. Let me say, right. I, when, when I don't approach anybody, including the most famous people in the world who come into my club. You see me, I don't bother them because I say to myself, what do they want to speak to me for? Like, why, what is it? Am I doing this just for my sake so I can go home and tell my kids I spoke to Kevin Hart? Look, are they really interested in speaking to me? I say, man, Kevin Hart's not interested in speaking to me. He has nothing against me. So I leave him alone. That, that's what a mensch does. Leave people the fuck alone, especially someone as famous as Seinfeld, who you know, it is so selfish to walk up to somebody who's famous, who's eating their dinner, and think they have now they have to perform to be nice for you what do you think they're sincerely happy to see you it's 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 okay, ridiculous so first of all, first now let out let out let out this is this is why i agree with you i'm up. just saying the article yeah. was needlessly harsh in my i, I have a comment i on don't that think it was out. harsh at all i don't either i i don't think it was i, harsh I think it was very funny and good for him and i love it because i i love new york as much as jerry and most of you i love new york city and, and i also only have to, we also we look at london during the war and the English people, they got through a blitz, you know, they, they were just bombed every night for like 42 nights. New York is going to get through this. I agree this. with that. I don't, I don't agree with James' article at all. I think New York City is going to be just fine. And what I'm trying to say has nothing to do with coming up to somebody who's eating dinner. I don't, it has nothing to even do with Jerry Seinfeld. My point is, is that if you're, perf if you're a very famous performer, it's okay to be a little bit more like Robin Williams. And my point to you, if I could fucking get it out after a conversation this afternoon, was if that were about a woman, like they would be like, oh, she is such a fucking bitch. And that's really, that's true. That, and that is true. That, is, that oh, I have to say. I, I know. Okay. But, now, but now that's we're not what we're talking about. I kind oh of God. enjoyed oh the snarkiness. So let me comment, I, on, let me wait, comment on the harsh. You want to say, go ahead, Judy. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just want to say, you know, piggybacking on Alan, which I've always wanted to do, um, <laughs> th that I enjoyed the snarkiness in Jerry's article you don't see that side of him that's why we like him because he's a yeah. comedian he's snarky okay so so let me that's, let me that's all right all right let me get back to my point and why do people go up they go up mostly to comedians or comedic actors like bill murray or robin williams or the if if you go into a restaurant and you see meryl streep hey that's meryl streep over there where over there oh wow i love her work but if you see bill murray hey bill 
Hey, Bill, because right. they, they look at you, because Jerry Seinfeld, he's <sighs> like, he's been in my home thousands of times. Totally. I love this guy. And That is so also special. in the book, the way oh. people treat comedians as opposed to other celebrities. In my book. Yeah. They, yes, they, I can say that. They, they, because we, we hit a nerve. Jerry uh, and his show have hit a nerve with people, and they love him. Right. And, and they think they up. know him. And yes. they think no, they know not. him. Have a certain personality. You be the he one person that walks by Jerry Seinfeld and don't say anything. I'm I'm with Noam on this. Oh, I totally agree with that. Also, I can, I don't I've, but I also feel like I've sat at dinner tables with everyone from. I'm sorry to name drop a little bit, but just to really dig my fucking heels in here with everyone from like Perry Farrell to Lenny Kravitz. And, you know, it's nice to see people being nice and humble when they don't have to be. People can right. be whatever the fuck they right, want. Right, but Lenny Kravitz is not a comedian. So he's not thinking about his act, like I'm gonna do a set, I'm, I'm in my head right now. No, I mean, it's, it's a whole different course. mindset. Of, yeah, I mean, it depends when, right? Context is everything. I'm right. So if Jerry's at Stand Up New York working on a new set and is like in his head, like, oh, I want to make sure. I yes, of course. Yeah, he doesn't care about Zabars. He's got plenty of Zabars at home. Right, of right. course. No, I mean, you wanted to talk about the article itself and whether it was too harsh. Well, or not. I, I, there was a lot. This is zooming out past. I can't find his email. Zooming out past Seinfeld. Um, there, was a, there was a reflex against Altucher's article that, I didn't personally feel, so I didn't understand it, which was anger at a guy who was making a, a case I didn't agree with, but you know, was making it in a, in a way that's within like intellectual, intellectually accepted argument. And, um, and he wasn't, he didn't attack anybody personally. And people came at him very, very hard, including this comment about your, your club, you know, you might straighten up a bit, which would have, you know, that would have, I, I would have been depressed for a month if Seinfeld had written that about me uh, in, in in the New York Times. Not for a month. For, for a, it, would, it would have hit me very, very, very hard, especially if he had done that when I felt I was just, you know, I was I was just you are writing, article, writing an article about what I thought in LinkedIn, of, no, of all places, you know, kind of under the radar about what I thought the future of New York was. And the chicken York. skewers take all that away. Yeah. <laughs> the and good then, food, take it all away. Been, been many articles along the lines of James's. So, but on the other hand, um, there is something to what somebody said. I don't remember which one of you said it, which is that there is a certain way that you receive a comedian's remark, which you know it's not quite as serious as it's said because you rib each other. That's what comedians do. Yes, he was. He, listen, this is not the first time Jerry heard this. He heard like, oh, stand-up is over. Everything's done. New York is going to go away. Right, right. And so then he sees this prominent article in the New York Post. I that's it. That's bullshit. By someone saying he's a comic, by the way. Okay. Well, uh, good that for him. But, that yeah, that 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 might have struck a nerve. Yeah, it might have struck a nerve. I'm not saying I read Jerry's mind, but I thought it was a terrific uh, piece. And, uh, you know, I agree with him. And, you know, I love New York. Listen, not to drop a name, and I'm not going to, but I was with a comedy legend having lunch in Las Vegas. You Alan, know, you too. can say my no. name. No. And uh, a couple people came up. One guy came up and said, can I get a picture? And he said, I'm sorry. I don't like to take pictures with people I don't know, which was very, and he was very nice about it. He said, you got it. You know, this very respect uh, uh, guy in the business. Then another guy came up, asked the same thing, and he, Gave him the answer, but he insisted 
no, come on. And then he finally acquiesced. And then the chef came out of the kitchen. I heard you were out here. We made you the special dessert. And I picked up the tab. So this guy, this guy left. But I doubt uh, that he'll probably go back again. He doesn't want the chef coming out. You know, he didn't say anything. And he's an amiable guy. But people can be real dicks. Oh, for sure. For sure. I totally agree with that, too. People are morons. But it's also different celebrities have different personalities. You know, like when I, all right, and stop, and I know you're going to make fun of me when I say this, but when I, I did several shows with Florence Henderson. Okay, <laughs> shut up, everyone. Shut the fuck up. But wow. Every, every person who came up to her, no matter what, she stopped. She hit, she, you know, she used to write um, back to every person who wrote to her. Like, this is a person who was like, these are, this is, these are my fans and I will stop and but every fucking time. Okay. And then I've been with other prominent comedians who were like, no, I'm sorry. It's not a good time. Okay. So this is the or thing. This know? is the thing. I, hey, I think, when you see the weatherman, your local weatherman, you go, hey, there's the local weatherman. Right. You know, it just, it's, you I, I want to, I want to make a point. You have to be realistic about human nature. Jerry Seinfeld has a particular sensibility of humor. And it would be very unusual for that dry, kind of sarcastic, skeptical wit to inhabit the body of somebody who was like, hey, come on, I'll take a picture with you. I'll take, this is, they don't go together. I don't imagine Larry David is super friendly either when he sees people. And you're asking the impossible. They have personality types. Yeah, personality types, and they produce certain art, and um, it's related, and and enjoy the art, and leave them alone about about expecting them to transform who they are. They are who they are. Leave them the fuck alone. They don't owe you anything. Right. Like, I, I, I agree that. Like you know, Jerry says, "Listen, I did what? How many episodes of Seinfeld? What more do I have to give?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've done all these episodes of Seinfeld. I've done all these comedy specials. I've been performing live for 40 years. What more do I have to do for you? Just leave me alone. Right. Yeah. I mean, Seinfeld barely says boo to me when he comes in. And I, I never thought twice about it. No, it never occurred to me. It's like, well, of course, why should he? No, your point is interesting, but I, I, don't, I don't think people actually, you said that Seinfeld's uh, act should be clue uh, that he's not the warmest guy in the world. And maybe that seems everybody's obvious. act is related to their personality is what I'm yes, saying. Yes, but I don't know that people necessarily uh, know this. And I remember years ago when I met David Tell and David, if anybody's act said, leave me alone, it's David Tell. <laughs> I, and I walked up to him, Dave, I love you. And he's like, yeah, really? Or whatever he said. <laughs> really? Very really? This was before I was even doing comedy and it was very dismissive. And I, and I was shocked because I, I just assumed that uh, that he would be, uh, you know, nice, and I didn't. But you, but in that's an instance where his act should have clued me in if I were a little bit more uh, aware that that maybe he. And you were not, a young comic, Dan. I was just starting. I had yeah. Not, well, that's yeah, yeah. That's you now. And I thought, oh, you know, he that, that's just an act. But be careful, Dave's going to put this into one of his bits. Really? Uh, I mean, you see, you see him as a musician, like you know, like the the greatest drummers or bass players I ever played with, they were mean fucking sons of bitches. Yeah, Let I me tell like you. That. I really don't. I don't think it takes that much energy to be a little bit- No, nice. I don't mean mean to 
people like that way. I mean, like they had a fire going inside in their belly and, and that would come out at various times. And people are, you know, can be more than one thing. They can be like that and still be very warm and gracious at other times, but you, they couldn't play like that without that thing. It's just Seinfeld is Seinfeld. It's just remarkable to me that people, I mean, can you understand who should be, the guy says out in the public, I bought him two gift baskets from Zabar's and he didn't even thank me. What, I mean, this is, the, this is so out of touch with himself. Well, that's yeah. ego, that's his ego. And people that come up and say, well, I went up to Seinfeld and he didn't say hello. Well, that's, you know, that's your ego. Like, why, why should he? Well, what? I don't know. That and now I feel bad it. saying this about the guy standing in New York because I was going to feel, I didn't feel bad. I didn't mean to attack okay, him. Okay, I'm going like, to edit it out. Um, no, no, no. Oh, no. And, by the way, and if he did get a thank you note, Seinfeld would tell his assistant to write the thank you note anyways. Like Seinfeld is not sitting down and taking out a thank you card and writing it for a basket, gift basket. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I found the email if anyone wants to hear it. There's a fine line between acknowledging that your fans are the reason you're successful and having some gratitude and some sense that without your fans, you have nothing and your, and your uh, right to your own privacy. I mean, you, it's a balance and it's tricky and it's, it's not, uh, you know, different people handle it differently. I mean, I do think to the extent practical, you should be, cordial to those without whom you would have no career at all right but here's the thing the only responsibility you have to your fans is go up there and do the best damn job you can to prep and work that's it after that it's all gravy i really do have a question though um i mean i've never understood why people go up to people and ask them for their autographs or things like that but there's an entire culture around like you know even like to make a wish foundation like people are dying to meet these you know people who to them right. are heroes right it's I mean, part of the culture but they think they know that there's got to be a boundary at some you know i, I know. totally agree with you i just think that like the type of person that's going to go up to Jerry Seinfeld and be like, oh my God, I had to tell you, I love your show, is not really thinking along the lines of what we're discussing right now. Well, they should. Well, maybe well, no, I understand right. you got to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yeah, if, if you run into Jerry Seinfeld, you, it's going to have some, oh my God, Jerry Seinfeld. Hey, how are you? Hand yeah. him a whitefish salad bagel. Right, but... New Yorkers are known to be like, oh, there's Jerry Seinfeld. Totally. Because, yeah. But people in like, God knows, you know, Idaho are probably like, oh my God, you know, or however they talk, who the fuck knows. But, yeah. uh, so you want to hear, the, did you, are you interested in the, the email I wrote? Re, re, yes. thing? Yes, okay. yes. So oh, you want to hear, actually, do you want to hear the original email too? Well, Let's, you can read the clip. Uh, it's super short. Noam is going to read an email he got a while ago about Sam Morell's joke about a little boy being eaten by an alligator. <laughs> okay, well, she she wrote to me, okay, you want, uh, okay, you want blunt? I'll be blunt. I had the worst comedy experience of my life at your venue last night. A disgusting person. I won't call him a comedian because he's not humorous. Sam Morell took the stage and spent the first few minutes of his act disrespecting Lane Graves the two-year-old child who was murdered by the alligator at Disney. He even cracked jokes about his parents, he, she puts quote, jokes in scare quotes, about his parents and his funeral. I have never in my life been so offended and repulsed by someone. I immediately left and stopped to tell your staff why. They followed me to make sure my drinks were 
being paid, not because mm -hmm. I had just had to listen to a sick man trying to use a child's death as pathetic shock value attempt at being at a, at a pathetic shock value attempt at being a comedian. Furthermore, upon speaking with friends who worked for a comedy club over 10 years, I learned that your venue had to know his set prior to him taking the stage, which meant someone, <laughs> which meant, <laughs> which meant someone approved this garbage. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourselves too. The girl who was introducing all the acts simply replied to my outrage with, quote, different people are offended by different things. Oh, really? I would expect all human beings would be offended at my, uh, would be offended Oh, she's the typo. By, by a sicko making jokes about a two-year-old baby's tragic death, saying his mother probably said, later, Gator, at his funeral. <laughs> I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like the last, you know, the Chuckles the Clown, the Chuckles the Clown Mary Tyler Moore show here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he got, oh. He got, well, he got, you know, he got, I had my... He got, got shelled by a peanut. Well, it's true. Wait, not finished. I have posted about this on every social media account I own and ask people to share it. The comedian himself replied to me to say, pretty strong act, huh? Tonight was my <laughs> first time trying that one out. What a complete and utter pathetic excuse for a human. He doesn't deserve to breathe the same air or live on the same planet. Oh my God. As that precious little boy's family. So here, so there's my review. The other acts were fine. I really enjoyed the staff girl who introduced everyone until I received her heartless, rude response to my feedback. She can fly a kite too. <laughs> fly a kite. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. So here's my, my answer now. Now, having said, I'm going to read the answer. I don't remember what I wrote. I hope it doesn't sound bad or, or. Okay. Okay. You uh, cunt. Jane, <laughs> <laughs> you ignorant slut. Um, please forgive how uh, dear dear so -so, Please forgive how long it has taken me to return your email. I'm a parent of two small children. I completely understand your reaction to Sam's jokes. Comedians generally hold nothing sacred. For them, the bizarre nature of this incident inspires a kind of gallows humor, which others may find offensive or just not funny. To be very clear, no, we don't approve of any comedian's material before they take the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, you imagine? You note in your email that this was the first time he had told the joke. So not only did we not approve it, we had no way of knowing what he was going to say um, it, since he'd never said it before. But... Even if I had known he was going to say it, I have to tell you, I would not have intervened. I cannot censor the artists who appear at my venue. Believe me, sometimes I'd like to, but I can't. You simply can't imagine the resentment that I would engender if I were to tell a Louis C.K. who has done jokes about pedophilia that were controversial or any other comedian what they can or can't say. Stand-up comedy by nature lives close to the line. What, what one person considers thought-provoking, another considers irrever irreverently funny and another considers unacceptably offensive. It is simply impossible to lay down an objective standard that everyone could agree on. It's the reason the First Amendment is interpreted so broadly. It's virtually impossible to decide what speech is acceptable and what can be forbidden. In the end, it would all become about not offending me and my particular sensibilities. As a club owner, all I can do is stop booking a comedian if they are not doing well with the audience, and that determination can't be made after any one set that did or did not go well. All the comedians have bad sets and almost all offend someone at some time in their careers. Having said all that, it's no pleasure for me that you left unhappy. If there's anything I can do, perhaps refund your cover charges or invite you back to a better show, I put better in quotes, as my guest, just say the word, 
I hope this has been helpful to you in some way. Sincerely, blah, blah, blah. That was my answer. That's and, a great response. Yeah, that's a good response. Now, did you hear back from her? I, I did, but I don't remember what, what she wrote. But the point is, I, I didn't back down. I right. didn't back down at all. I, I thought that was great. I mean, oh. that, that separates Noam from probably every other club owner. In right. Can you imagine any other club owner having the, uh, the eloquence? Uh, no, it's always the customer is always pen, right. Customer's pen, always right. Uh, to pen uh, yeah. response like that, it'd be very on. Well, Noam is also a lawyer, and he's very <laughs> smart. And because the reason that Noam's an accidental club owner. People yeah. with right. Noam's pedigree generally don't become comedy club owners. And But no. getting back to the First Amendment, it, it only protects us from government uh, prosecution. Yeah, but it's still it's still valid as an analogy for right. like, like many things are. We, we right. I'm just saying that uh, if someone doesn't like a two year old getting eaten by an alligator, that that shit's but, funny now. But I will um, say that I I mean no, I mean, you were sympathetic to somebody being upset by that joke. Of course. I mean yeah. that's pretty strong stuff. A little boy being eaten by an alligator, and I you know I I don't blame the woman for being upset. I couldn't blame yeah, but but she went but, on and on like everybody else probably laughed or they didn't. Right. She was the only one that got up and walked out. You know, I think she would. But I would never, I would never laugh in her face and dismiss. But here's the thing. No, I would she try can... to understand her, but also I would, I think Noam struck just the right balance. I get that you're upset, but I can't censor my comics. But it's also like you can get up and walk out just like you can change the channel, just like you can turn off the radio. Exactly. That's what and mean you, that and other you, person should never be able to work again. And as far as a comedy seller goes, if you go to know them, you get your money back. And I, right. And also, I send all my sets to Noam and Esty. They're all <laughs> handwritten. And I have notes the minute I walk in. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> this is yeah. the fucking stupidest thing in the world. All right. I want. I, I was hoping to get to Kenosha, but that's such a big topic. We'll talk about it probably. Oh, we, we got another 10 minutes. Go ahead. What's, well, what's Kenosha? Kenosha. It's in Wisconsin. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, now that's that shooting. Talking. Yes. Yes. I mean, uh, I don't know if that's Is this where we're going to tag the show with the shooting? I think we should leave that for another episode. This has been a really good, tight episode. I think it's Yeah, I can't with that. Comedy fans. Yeah. Too soon, too. We don't know the facts. I mean, the facts are changing by the day. Let's, let's talk about it when we know everything. Okay. Right. Well, Have you already talked about Jeff Ross? Well, we no. could, but okay. Uh, I just got asked. I just got interviewed about my book for page six, and then she asked me about that. And I was like, yeah, okay. What did she ask you? Just like all the cancel stuff. Like, what do you think of Jeff Ross? What do you think of Ellen? Mm -hmm. It's like I want to just sell my book. I don't want to talk about, <laughs> you know. Judy, you have to be prepared for this. You've done PR I know, before. I know, I know, I know. And it's a book about canceling. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, do you have anything in particular you wanted to say about Jeff Ross? No, no. I just, I, you know, it, first of all, thanks, Noam. After months of uh, harassing him, I'm finally invited to this podcast, and I really appreciate it. Al Alan, I want to tell you something. Perry will, will back brother. I am in such a dark place. I, I, I get it. That's why I, no, I don't I blame just, you at all. We last time, yeah, it but is not personal. I know it's not. I know it's not. I'm just glad I, I'm on. And I miss, like, you know, the thing with Jeff Ross or Ellen. This is what I miss about the table. Hearing right. people's opinions and people talking about it. I'm not trying to uh, spotlight any one person. And Noam, you know, I got a, you know, I contacted you. I didn't hear from you from a couple months. And I thought to myself, well, Noam is raising three young children. And, you know, he has a business and he's got to be going a little bit nuts. So I'm, I'm going to leave him alone. 
Okay, but last time I did the podcast, Noam was like, I fucking hate this podcast. I'm not doing it anymore. And now... <laughs> I, I, I do Perry Perry. I quit it every day. And, and I want to thank Judy, by the way. So when the, when the, when the thing with um, Louie happened, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know who my friends would be. And I, I didn't expect... I was surprised that Judy was one of the first people, not to come to Louie's side, but to come to the Comedy Cellar side. And she even agreed to co-host a podcast that we did early on where we had uh, female staff members discussing how they felt about it, whether they felt unsafe you know, at the club and whatever it was. And she, having a, a prominent female LGBTQ, I think that was all the letters at the time. Pi sign, pi sign. Uh, um, uh, E-Y-K-E. Yeah, uh, at the time, uh, just say that she thought that what I was doing was not on the face of it indefensible. Uh, that that was very important to the club at the time. So I don't know if oh, I, I thank you. Thank you. It, it really was. So I, I, I well, I meant every, I meant it. Well, that's why I love comedians, and yeah. certainly the atmosphere your your dad started and you have enhanced and continued along with Esty and the staff that we care about each other, even if, even if we disagree. Yeah, It's true. Yeah. And walking in there, it, I, and I've said this on a number of interviews, it literally is like, I'm home. I'm yeah. home. That's what it feels like. Like, even if I have a shit day, even I, if I'm like anxious or depressed, to walk in there, it's, I'm telling, it's, you open that curtain, the last time I was at the Comedy Cellar before the pandemic, I flew into New York. I, I shot an episode of Billions. Okay, why do you have Started, to? Why wait. do you have to? And then that night, I went to the club and I was there late. I wasn't get my avails, and Anesti said, "I'm sorry, no one's canceled." So I went over to the Village Underground and I watched a show. It was so goddamn funny. It was, and you're in a different head when you're not going on. You're relaxed and right. It was, so which great is, to be here. Which speaks to Seinfeld being in his head right. at a comedy club. And then I flew back here. I went to right. Hermosa Comedy Magic. I did three spots on a Saturday, and then that was it. I haven't worked since then. And I can't go back to the cellar. Right. I can't go back to Hermosa, which is my home out here. And uh, it's it's been really tough. But we're going to get through this. And New yes. York, New York, it's all it's all going to come back. It is. I really, really, really believe that it is going to come back. Um, I think there is no way that it's not. Oh, at big time. It's going to come back. I mean, comedy is going to be bigger than, I mean, because people really, I'm doing outdoor shows here. You, you can't, I'm sold out every, every show. They are dying to laugh. Yeah. Dying. Um, Noam, can you pull up the artwork that I sent you, please? Of Judy's book? Yeah. She hasn't. She. Just I know, like, but you can see it better when you pull it up. Why? Well, I. I. I mean. Yes, I, I sent it to you in chat. Just so in, people. Oh, in chat. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, I'll pull that up right now uh, to download it. Da, 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 da. And then I. Um, uh, uh, oh Jesus! Open file. Uh, let me and, tell you where I'm appearing next. I'm going to go down uh, my building, get the mail, and bring it back to the apartment. So if you okay. want to catch me. Oh, well, it, you know, I don't know if you heard about the Postal Service. That's another <laughs> podcast. Another podcast. What, when they came, oops. Oh, okay. screen mode. 
There it is. There oh, it is. yay! Wait, I want to take a picture for my... It's very nice. No, I, I read the uh, the foreword today and uh, most of the first chapter. I um, think you'll love it. I mean, it really is all, everything we said. Judy, the, the, the trouble is I can hear your voice when I'm reading the book. <laughs> I did, I know. And I did do the audio book, so just lower the volume when you, oh you my God. listen to the By the way, uh, by the way, you got to read Woody Allen's book. Anybody oh, out there? Oh, I've heard it's okay. fantastic. It oh, is I've fantastic. Read. Okay, I'm writing that down. I've also heard that it's, I'm sorry, I, I see your mouth moving down, but I don't hear you. I also heard that it's very convincing um, defense of himself and, and his sexual uh, accusations, although I was kind of thinking he did it, but I have to read See, yeah, that's that the thing. I read the, the, the I read the Robert Whitey interview, which uh, spells it out there, and his son Moses was in the house when it allegedly happened. And he's been writing about it for years. Nobody brings that up since the hashtag Me Too movement. No one has brought that up. And yeah. he was in the house. And Ronan Farrell was four. So he has no idea. No. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a great read. It's, it, it's, it's a fun read. For I can't wait. I, I, I have to also say, enjoying Mary Trump's book. Really? Yeah. It's just so <laughs> psychological. I like, love it. It's Are so you learning anything new about it? Uh, no. Well, a, I, you know, she lived, I have a house here and she lived across the lawn here. Where do you have a house? In Provincetown, in Massachusetts, on Cape Cod. It's a very so gay she, area up there. <laughs> that my sister always says that. Watch out for the gays. Would that anyway, be the? Would that be the fag capital of the world? Oh, that's uh, you're referring to the uh, the, uh, the the baseball announcer. Oh right. Um, he got canceled. What do you think about that, Judy? I, I really I don't like the word. F. The F. No, oh, no. I mean, I but ask a black gay guy which is worse, the F word right. or the N word. Yeah, true. Um, I don't think it's the capital here. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of Do you of think the baseball announcer should have been fired? I, uh, You're saying that? I mean, he said it off the air, and it was a vile thing to say. Yeah, it's and vile. Yes, that's who he is. Um, what, what was vile to say? It's the... He said he, he referred to Kansas City, I believe, as the uh, F the capital, capital of the world. But it's, oh, how the old reason is he? he should have been fired is because there's no way Kansas City is the F capital. One second. How, how exactly. Old I thought it was... Yeah. How old is he? In his 40s, I would say. Uh, okay. the, he's, that's, there's, not, yeah, there's no excuse for that. So. No, no, Judy, let's be honest now. When, when, when I was a kid, good, liberal, non big Oh, people, I was a band fag. I used to call myself a band fag. Yeah, would, would say... Would say bag and um forever I, well and and like my father would say to jonathan the gay waiter about the other like, is he a fag and jonathan said, yeah he's a fag. like it was it was and, and i that, know but that yeah. was yes i agree that was a different time i have that in my right. book i have that well it's a different time but if my father were alive among his friends i don't think and there was nobody who was more pro-gay ahead of his time I than know. my father was i have no question you would have a hard time getting him not to say fag uh, among people he trusted right. who understood him and right. knew that he wasn't coming from a bad place. So Right. Yeah. Context, intent, nuance. Yeah. So I don't know what this guy said or what he meant by it, but that, you know, that is not, there was a time when that was not the N word. It just wasn't. And, and, you know, you can, I mean, the intent is everything. Yeah. I mean, come on. Now. Yeah. He had, the tone of his voice did sound a little harsh, but I can't, I'm not a mind reader. I mean, you're not. He sounded to me. No, I do my best. He sounded to me like 
it was a bit harsh. His tone of voice made it sound like he had some, you know, homophobic. Uh, All right, fair I, or it could have been a joke. It's like, yeah, you know that place, the F capital of the world. You know, ha ha. I can't say that for certain. Listen, we're living in a world where. Okay, if he was if he was announcing a drag contest, maybe he could have gotten away with it, but not a fucking. Do you know the fucking things that Al Sharpton has said, and he has a show on MSNBC. Uh, Jesse Jesse Jackson called Manhattan Jaime Town. Jaime Town, yeah. I mean, come on now, and I don't care that they said those things. Sharpton talking about the diamond. What it is because I got it. No, black guys get all the breaks, don't they? No, I'm, the, I'm sorry that I think over sorry history, picked, black people have just gotten away with murder. Well, Alan, that's not the point, is it? That that's really not the it's, point. It's, I, that's my point. We, we understand where the anger comes from from Jaime Town. I'm not saying we should cancel Jesse Jackson, but I, you're right. People have said things that are, are pretty bad, black and white, and they haven't been canceled. Yeah, that's true. I agree. I, I I'm saying that. Um, I mean, I, I, well, I hate that, that, that black examples come to my mind, and maybe that says something about society, not me, like Joy Reid. I mean, Joy Reid tweeted these horrible things, not nuts, like, like the most horrible things about homosexuals. Then she claimed she was hacked. Then she asked the FBI to investigate. I mean, you're like just piling on the ridiculous. But she, her, her kid is LGBT. Right. And so she, you know, and nothing like happened training. to her. So, right. so, I, so I don't, I don't know anything about this sportscaster. Maybe he should. Maybe it was beyond the ugly thing. I just, I just, every time one of these things happen, I stop and ask myself, well, okay, is this? A consistent principle that I'm that I'm that I'm back. I, I, I see your point. I and see and your very quick, I say to myself, "No, it's not. I'll forget this. This we like blackface. Well, Megyn Kelly was terrible, but of course Justin Trudeau can do it, and Jimmy Kimmel did it, and Joni Mitchell did it. But if if this Republican did it, it's not okay. And the governor Ted of Virginia, Dan Ted Danson did it. Ted Danson, uh, the governor of Virginia, does it literally like minstrel blackface with a KKK guy next to him. So like. Now, but now if this sports cat, but some woman at a, at a, at a Washington Post reporters party did it to make fun of Megyn Kelly recently and she got fired. I'm like, well, no, she shouldn't get fired Be because I mean, we well, that's a dumb thing to do though. She should get fired. Yes, it was a dumb thing to do. Yeah, and, yes. and, and, and I don't, don't want people working here that are that stupid. And no, I don't agree with that. Let, okay. Well, you know what? We've all done dumb things. We've all done dumb things, Alan. God forbid I had every your whole career on on video somewhere. I could. Find yeah, but something. you know why? I'm a live performer, so you don't. <laughs> well, so I mean, and and nobody should take that as me defending somebody calling somebody a slur, ethnic slur, or racial slur. I'm just saying, come on now. Right. I mean, you know, take care. Take care of the people at your fucking Thanksgiving dinner who do the same thing before you start lashing out at strangers. All right. We all have people we know. We don't. We don't throw them out of our lives. We say, now, dude, I wish you wouldn't talk that way, right, whatever it is, right. you know? But what, come on now, who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? But we want this guy fired. I know nobody in my life who would ever say anything like that. And if I did, I would never talk to them again. Right. Bullshit. Come on now. That's my point. This has been an hour and a half with Noam Dorman. <laughs> Am I wrong? Wait, is this going to be my meditation tape for tomorrow really morning? Just tell me I'm wrong. No, Three. I don't. I agree okay. with you. Okay. You're wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong. I'm just kidding. It's true. Yeah. It is true. There's so many fucking double standards here. I, I was just reading about, or I saw a documentary on Roy Cohn. He used to have a house. Oh, I'm watching that. I fell asleep and I have to watch the end of it. Oh, yeah. my God. 
It's fantastic. So good, right? Character, right? Can we get Mary yeah. Trump on the show? I doubt it, but you can ask. Well, she's supporting a book. We can certainly try. Well, listen, the people that write books are so whores. They're whores for attention. Anybody that has a book out is such a whore for an attention. What? <laughs> oh, wait, I'm getting dizzy. I have to go. Okay, let's <laughs> gotta hang up. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Okay. That I love Alan you, Judy. Is pretty brilliant. I love you, Alan Havey. I love Alan, you, Judy where Gold. Can we find you? Where can everybody find you? Me? Yeah. AlanHavey.com. Okay. Judy? I'm at J E W D Y G O L D, Judy Gold, on Twitter and Instagram. And then my, my, but my website is just regular Judy Gold. And if you see Judy eating at the Olive Tree, feel free. Just sit down next to her and talk yeah, to her. Yeah, sit next to her. I love talking to people. <laughs> I love it. Buy her book on wherever books are sold. Wherever books are sold. But if you go to my website and you're really, like, very politically correct, you can, there's all links to, like, indie book places and Amazon or whatever, you know. Will you so. sign a book for someone if they request it? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's a With great way to penis. sell books. No, they my penis. Go. I will sign a book. I'm offended. I'm offended. I gotta I'm go. I'm sorry. You gotta go. I'm offended. And okay. you could go to Barnes and Nobles and do readings, I guess, which is a good place. Which is like yeah. to do to sell books, but uh, that's can't. Happen. Well, I just dip my penis in the ink and then I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good night, everybody. Good, good night. night. Thank you, Noam. Thank you. Thank you. Be safe. Bye, bye, everybody. You can email us at podcast at comedyseller.com and follow us on Instagram at live from the table. Good night. <laughs>